Hello, everyone. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda, and today we have a special guest. It was a really fun conversation, and I can't wait for you to hear this episode. But first, I want to give you some information about the news of the week so that you can mark your calendars. So the first thing up is this Wednesday, Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, which is 11 a.m. Eastern. You can join Tiffany and I in the Mind Body Energy Project on Facebook. So we have a live event this Wednesday where we are going to talk about being empaths. And more specifically, we're going to talk about the different types of empaths. So if you missed our last discussion where we shared our stories about being empathic and some ways to manage your own sensitivity, you can go to our podcast here on iTunes called Mind Body Energy Project. Subscribe to the podcast and then join us Wednesday morning for the live discussion because we would love to hear your insights as well. And then you're going to mark your calendar for Friday. So Friday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, which is 10 a.m. Eastern, you can join me with the Jaya Collective. And that is a collective of women, myself included. And there you will also meet and exchange with Adrian, Jennifer, and Turtle. And we will be discussing codependency this week. So you can join us on our Facebook page, the Jaya Collective, which is J-A-Y-A Collective, and we'll be talking about it live. So you can also share your insights and observations there with us. Now, just like Reiki Radio and the Mind Body Energy Project, Jaya Collective also has a podcast. So if you missed any of our discussions about grief or dreams and all of the different things we've discussed, just look up Jaya Collective on iTunes and subscribe to that show. So I hope to see your beautiful faces on Wednesday morning and Friday morning. And then if you want to join us in the Seeker Circle, we will have a live event where we exchange. It's like a community forum sharing insights about Reiki practice. And that will happen on September 9th. So there's so much beautiful information for you. And today we are going to talk to Helen Chin Lu. So Helen reached out to me um, to share with us some information about knowing your chakras. She is the author of a new book called Know Your Chakras, available on Amazon, but she also uh, is a Reiki teacher as well as a reflexologist, and her practice is in Massachusetts. So she has an energy healing school called The Healing Place. And if you want to learn more about her and her work after the show, just go to the links down in the show description. But she shares so much beautiful insight. So in this episode, we talk about where you fit into your life. It's a beautiful question, really. She asks that of her clients and her students to have that consideration of where you fit into your life. And she also shares some of the discomforts of healing, which is part of the process, but also the importance of trusting yourself and trusting your own process. So again, she's very direct in her approach, but she delivers it all beautifully with some humor and beautiful storytelling. So get comfortable and enjoy the show.
Okay, so we are here today on Reiki Radio with a beautiful special guest, Helen Liu. Thank you so much for being here. And Helen has um, an energy healing practice and school called The Healing Place, and she is located in Massachusetts. So thank you, first of all, and welcome to the show. Thank you, Yolanda. I'm so happy that to be invited. Yes, it's so wonderful to have you here, and I have to say, before we even start, um, I am excited for everyone to see just how beautiful your personality is. I mean, you just, you know, speaking with you before the show, it's like, man, she has such an amazing personality. You well, really do. I really believe you and I have known each other from another life. All we are doing is just picking up where we left off. Because once you have, make a connection with someone that you feel so comfortable with, and yeah. it all began with... Hello. That's all it took was hello. And you just go into conversation. And I just love those types of relationships. And it's meeting up again. It's like, yes. what took you so long, Yolanda, to come back into my life this time around? I know, perfect timing, right? And one of the things um, that's beautiful about your practice, and I'm excited to learn more about as well, there's a few things about you. So one, I would love to hear your story, if you could share with everyone how you got into energy work. And Helen um, does Reiki, but also reflexology. And she also wrote a book all about the chakras, which we'll get into a bit later. Mm -hmm. But how did this all start for you? Well, years ago, um, I have, first of all, I have two grown men children. I'm very blessed. They're in their 30s. Oh my gosh, just the thought of saying 30s always does that to me. And Unfortunately, um, one of my children, when they were little, was very, very sick. And what we had to do to get him well was to succumb to traditional medicine, which means medication. Luckily, we didn't have to do surgery. And it was a whole array of uh, what I call trial and error. Error and trial? Is that how you call it? <laughs> Those odd expressions. And we had to try one medication after another to see what worked. Unfortunately, the medication made him feel worse. So he went from a physical issue at the age of nine, and then at the age of 14 became an emotional issue. And again, everything was all about what medication to take for that time period. Eventually, the medication made him sick, more sick than he started. And back then, I used to do a lot of praying. Well, I still do a lot of praying, but back then was big time praying, almost 24-7, trying to find ways to help him. And God really answered my prayers by sending me the right people. It started off back in 2004, my Reiki practitioner, well, she's really my teacher, and I just happened to meet her through a coincidence. It was so funny. Um, how I met her was I was at a friend's home, and I started to thumb through a book on, called How Psychic Are You? And as I was reading the book, I said, oh, my God, this is me. This is me. And I went home on that Sunday, and I called the New Age shop uh, two towns over and then asked, if anybody was offering psychic classes. And the woman said, yeah, the woman across the street, I think she's starting a brand new class tomorrow. And I said, well, 
you know what, this is a sign. And back then I didn't really know what signs were, but this is a sign. I picked up the phone and luckily Lisa, my teacher, answered the phone. And she said, yeah, come, come, come. Class starts tomorrow. From the time I saw that book to the time I entered my first class was less than 24 hours. Wow. And I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, this is like a little bit strange. It's very new agey. But I sat and I listened and everything made sense. And I continued going to classes and Lisa said, Helen, Helen, do you want to learn how to do Reiki? And the first thing I said, what is Reiki? And she says, laying out the hot hands, hot hands, healing, help your son. That's all I need to hear was help your son. And I went to a Reiki share. I had three people working on me. And after that session, I thought I was high from, well, high from life, really. Yeah. High on energy. And I just remember saying to the teacher, where do I sign up? That's it. And then from there, I became attuned to Reiki one. And I was practicing on anybody, anyone, to, my heart hands, on anyone that's willing to uh, try reflex, uh, a Reiki session. And the woman who gave me the book, How Psychic Are You, was one of my uh, people that I practice on. And she brought a book on reflexology. And I'm sitting looking at this book and go, what the heck is reflexology and why would anyone touch anyone's feet? <laughs> and there I am reading the book and I'm like, wow, this is really odd. The woman who wrote the book and teaches was only 40 minutes away from me. So, okay, another sign. And so I gave Val Bonner a call to my reflexology teacher and she called me back. Here's a woman who never met me after she said hello was, you're going to be so good at this. You've got to come. You've got to do this. you got to. And I'm like, who are you? And I remember going home explaining to my husband that I was going to take reflexology classes. And he was so funny. He asked me, what is it? How much? Because all men have to know how much and why. And I, once I got to the why, I said, I don't know. I'm just being guided to this. And... And he says, when, does, when do classes begin? I said, in two weeks. And I was ready to go. And so I enter into the reflexology class, and I was in it for six months. This is when my kids were really young. I was working almost full-time as an office manager for a nonprofit organization. And I was dedicated to learn because this column was so strong with, within me, I just follow through. Okay. So between juggling family, friends, and then what happened was I got laid off from my job. It got downsized. And I said, okay, I could stay in a part-time job or make that jump. And I was really afraid. I was, I was pooping in my pants, to put it delicately. And my husband said, if you're so unhappy, why don't you start? why don't you leave? Because I was going to postpone leaving for another year. And I made that huge leap. I left on a Friday, which was September 6th, no, September 8th, September 9th. Yeah, that was the 9th. I took Saturday and Sunday off and started my business on that Monday. Wow. 
I, by a leap of faith and courage, I decide to do it. And it was really hard work. And then the following month after I started my business, my uh, Reiki teacher came to me and said, Helen, I'm starting an energy medicine school, and you're going to be so good at this. And I'm sitting there going, why do people keep saying the same thing to me? So I go home again that day. Husband, this is what I call my husband. Husband, I'm going to go to energy medicine school. He says, what is it? How much? And this time he says, you realize you just started a business last month. And I said, yes, yes, and yes, another sign. And literally in that following month, I started energy school, just started my business. My kids were small, and I'm juggling all of these things. But there's something in me that I can hear God saying, all right, Helen, I'll be here to help you every step of the way. I will give you courage where you feel like you're in your darkness. Oh, let me share with you, Yolanda. I know I'm talking a lot. I remember in one of my meditation when I was so afraid because at the time when I started in 2006, no one knew what reflexology, Reiki, or chakra balance and healing modalities were. That was right. such a foreign language. And I remember praying and sitting talking to God. And I remember God gave me a lantern. He says, Helen, this lantern that I'm going to give you will only illuminate the path only two steps ahead of you to keep you from being fearful. You keep holding on to that lantern. Whenever you get afraid, get that lantern and just hold it and keep walking. You may not know where you're walking to, but this lantern will illuminate your footsteps so you don't need to be afraid. I will be here to help you. <sighs> Thank you. I mean, it's such a beautiful story. And what's um, jumping out even about what you're saying is listening to how everything unfolded for you, how you were guided, but more importantly, how you had that ability, I guess you would say, to trust, to really trust, even though you were going into the unknown that was so different than, you know, your life as it was before. And a lot of people struggle with that in this because they do start to see the signs and the synchronicities, but they're afraid to, you know, trust and go forward. So how do you have suggestions for people with that? Or like, what was it in you that really kind of propelled you forward to say like, okay, I'm going to do this? Well, I knew from what all the signs have taught me, I knew my awakening process has begun. I truly believe when anybody starts to awakening process, you know you're going through it because everything in your life no longer satisfies you. You're questioning everything. In fact, this is a, a class that I started to write yesterday. Literally, your skin starts to itch and everyone starts to irritate you. Even yes. people in your life. I mean, I love everyone in my family, uh, but it can come to the point where those relationships no longer serve you and everything around you just irritates the heck out of you. So see, this is what the problem I think that most people do. They rather 
stay with what they know, no matter how bad it is. They'd rather stay in that situation instead of grow. What people don't understand is, like for example, I could have stayed in my job for another year, but I had to have someone to give me permission to live. See, that's really key. Instead of giving myself permission to live, I had to hear it from my husband. And from the moment he gave me permission, literally, I was on that computer. I won't tell you what I really want to say in that termination letter, so, but I made it short and sweet. Because too many of us are so afraid of giving ourselves permission to live. So we rather suffer because this is so well known. So depending on how uncomfortable you are, that's when everyone makes a change. So if you're itching, and then you start to look at what I consider your own integrity, is this an alignment of what you want to do? And everyone, it's like, um, it's like everyone knows when it's time to go, but do you have the courage to take the step? The step doesn't have to be huge. All it has to be is just a tiny little step because that one tiny change will create a domino effect. People think, oh, I need the lightning. I need the lightning bulb to hit me in the head. You know what? You don't need that. Tiny change. That's all it takes is one tiny change. And then all of a sudden, the cycle breaks. And God says, you're in. Let's go. You're in. Okay. I wanted to ask you about that, too, because, I mean, and what you're saying resonates so much. And it's something that, you know, I see time and time again with people, you know, once they finally make that decision and decide, I, you know, I'm too uncomfortable to remain in the same space. It's like everything cracks open. And so um, with myself and a lot of people I've seen as well, when we first come into this, it's so interesting and exciting what you start to learn about yourself and energy and what it means to be non-physical and physical at the same time. But then there's that healing component. So I wanted to ask you about that. Can you share with people um, from your experience, even what the healing process is, like what it looks like and is it all sunshine and rainbows? What what would you say or share with people about what your process was? Well, I did talk about it in a polite way, but <laughs> it's, I'm not necessarily uh, working with clients. I'm very, very goal oriented, and I don't mind doing some fluff. Yolanda already learned quickly. I don't have much fluff with in my personality because I'm very results oriented. That's the bottom line. So when people start to um, begin the awakening process, I tell them right off the bat, chances are going to be very good. You're going to feel terrible. You're going to feel horrible. I will use other words, but Landon will, she'll start to delete and cut out those words that I need to do. But you're going to feel like crap. Simple as that. And why? Why do people feel like that? Because that is the program that's running your system right now and that's all your body knows it's really a one-dimensional uh, process because even though we have so many facets in us but I call we all have a default program and that default program is going to override anything that's new to you especially when it starts to challenge who you are 
and every step is going to be painful. You're going to wish, why did I do this? Because now, not only do I physically don't feel well, emotionally, my stomach is upset. No one is happy with me. But this is, as you would describe, as the crack open process. You've got to walk through your, you got to walk through your dirt. Simple as that. Because if you don't succeed on this level, let's say the universe helps you to elevate, how are you going to be able to sustain your energy at your next high vibration? If you don't have those skill set now, you will not be able to maintain it once you take three steps ahead. And then all of a sudden you go, oh my gosh, I've slid, I've slid back six steps. Well, if you slip back six steps, get up. Get up and start again. It does not mean you have to stay there. Get up. I mean, I, I, I think about the last 12 years, how many times I want to call it a day. Um, I don't think we talked about this. I probably have wanted to close up shop at least six times. And the person who would not let me close my shop was my husband. He says, you know what? Everything is about the journey. You're too busy looking at the end results. I thought, dear, I'm all about the end results. He said, no, it's about the journey. Can you do it blindly and just stick with it? So I'm thinking, how did he get to be so smart? <laughs> I must have taught him something that I wasn't even aware of. Or worse, he's echoing echo my own words. I said, hmm, I might have to keep him for another 50 years. Oh, my gosh, another 50 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, you know, so what you say, it's so true. I, I tell people the same. I mean, they're – where many times in this where I, especially in the beginning where, you know, you catch yourself just crying, like what All am I doing? Yeah. What is happening? Oh my God, what did I sign up for? But on the other side of it and what, like how it changes you, I wouldn't go back and change a thing because you learn so much through those uncomfortable um, parts of the process. I mean, things that you, you just couldn't have had those realizations otherwise. Yeah, and that's very true. In fact, when I have time, with all the books I am writing, the book that I really want to write is called The Day I Accepted the Assignment. Mm -hmm. What God Told Me to Do. Oh, oh him, him again. <laughs> Could be a she, but him, yes. So it is, it's, it is the scariest thing whenever you walk through fire. I don't care what changes you make in your life from deciding to get married, deciding to have children. Just think about all the major decisions you've ever made in your life, how difficult every step has ever been. Yeah. Because it's all about, can I adjust to the change? That's what it is. It's an adjustment. And once you get there, once your vibration meets that change, you go, why did I do that to myself? Why did I resist it so long? What was it that I was so afraid of that, you know, you kind of like slap yourself on the head and say, I went through that for what reason? Yeah. And, you know, and what I also find too, you know, the people around you are also going to change with you. Either they change with you or they start to fall away. Right. 
this is something I forewarn everybody to just give them a heads up because they don't believe it until they begin their process. Well, you know, what you're saying, it, it's a good segue into um, also, I would like to ask you about, because I was reading your bio and your book, and I like, um, I would love for you to share with everyone your point of view about healing, because a lot of times when people come into the role of wanting to be a healer or facilitating, you know, holding that space for other people, there's this idea that like, we're the ones responsible to fix someone else. So I wanted to know if you could share um, your point of view about what it means to even be a healer and what's going on in this healing process. Like who's doing the healing? I, I just think it's so odd. You know, everyone becomes a healer or becomes a healer for a precise reason. And it's usually very personal, like mine was very personal because of my son. And I, since 2006, I probably have trained 100 Reiki practitioners. And I always do a, uh, not only do I teach the actual healing, but we talk about the personal component. Like, for example, my energy medicine, even though we talk about energetically healing people, but a lot of it is self-process work. In fact, the last year of my school, I came home probably every week and crying because I felt like everyone was ganging up on me. And I know that isn't true. It's just that I had to look at my own stuff in order to be able to help people. So this is something that I am passionate about teaching my Reiki students is if you don't take care of your own stuff and know where you are, you are only going to attract people that reflects your problems. Mm -hmm. And as you grow, um, your clientele will also change. So people think that I had this one woman who inflated her personality. She inflated herself. I say, well, I'm a Reiki practitioner. I can help people. And I said to her, stop. Don't you dare go there. You are a servant. You need to be humble. Nothing is coming from you. It's coming through you. She was one of those people I really hesitated about attuning her. And even after five or six years later, she, um, she still has problem really understanding what being your true self is about. She understands the superficialness of her life of what, what that means is what affects her mm -hmm. instead of her contributing to people's lives, but what affects her and she responds instead of her reactions coming from outside in instead of inside out. So teaching people or wanted to do healing work, you have to really ask yourself, why are you doing this? What do you think you could contribute from your own personal life to help somebody else? And if you're doing it from an ego point of view, it's not going to work. I can almost guarantee it will not work. So every day, uh, and the people who come to me, client-wise, so, I mean, I screen everybody who wants to work with me. So if you decide, okay, hon, can I come in today? But I don't know who you are. I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if I can actually help you. And I use those words very carefully because if I feel you're not ready to do the work, 
I'd rather say, okay, I'll teach you a couple things on the phone and then let you think about it. Right. And more times than not, I'm pretty right because I make it really hard for someone to work with me because if they're not ready, they're not ready. And I'm, this is not about money. This is, is about being in line with my own integrity. I really want to serve you. So if I hear the, um, someone says, Helen, can you fix me? The answer, first answer comes on, no, I can't. I could give you tools to fix yourself. I could push some of your buttons, but your body and your brain got to all work together. So it becomes a mind, body, and spirit component of healing. Yes. So anybody that comes with a inflated ego that, that I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this well, you know what? Mm-mm. You know, and I still learn every day. I'm still learning. I learn from everybody. And I just love talking to you. I'm sorry if I'm jacking a lot. No, I love what you're sharing. I think it's so beautiful and an important thing for all of us to hear because I think there's two sides of it. One, there's an expectation from the clients that you're supposed to heal them. So it's good for people to hear that their healing process is their responsibility. And then also for people who are healers to hear that it's not their responsibility to heal someone, but to hold that space and provide the tools and be the conduit. So no, I think it's a beautiful message. Well, the, what I try to portray, because when my son was sick, we gave away our powers to somebody else because we truly believe somebody else knows better than we do. Mm-hmm. In reality, your body knows, you know, but what happens a lot of times, we don't trust what we feel. We begin to doubt. And then if you listen to other people and then all of a sudden say, no, you can't do that. You need to go see so-and-so. You need to talk to so-and-so. And all of a sudden they disempower you they really do they disempower you and then you don't even believe that you could do it so when my son was really sick and I listened to these doctors um, unfortunately his pediatrician misguided us I back then we did not have a home computer and I'm thinking how am I going to learn about what's going on with him I went from library to library to library I think I went to literally for months, do my own research, read, ask doctors questions, kind of challenge them. And when doctors used to say, uh, in my son's case, he had a lot of dietary problems that affected his emotional problem. He had a gluten issue that affected him mentally. And we didn't know that. And when I mentioned this to his pediatrician, he says, I don't know anything about diet. I could give you a pill, but he didn't say it quite like that. But basically, let me give you a pill, see if we could fix that. And I'm like, this can't be a solution. And then from that day on, I made a promise that I would never give away my powers to anyone again. And that's the reason why I'm so passionate about teaching anyone who come to me or come to my online school and listen to me is about to empower you empower you take back your powers and let you decide on your next course of action don't give your powers away 
Yeah, and that too is also a beautiful message. And it's a good segue into your book. So you have this amazing book, Know Your Chakras. And, you know, when we spoke about the book before, one I want to point out for people, something that's so interesting about this book is you also provide not just homework and questions to bring us into our own consideration and our own, like, tuning into ourselves to understand and observe what we hold, but you also have links to meditations for people. So, I mean, this book is full of all kinds of support and guidance mm -hmm. that comes off the page, like literally off the page. So I wanted to first ask you, what inspired this book? Well, see, the way I work, I, I, I believe in my words, I have some level of common sense. So if I was going to somebody for the first time, what do I need to do? Well, my thing is, if you don't understand your personal energy flow, Again, you're giving away your powers and pray that somebody who knows it better than you. So the way I write is I write the way I want to learn. I ask a lot of questions. Uh, sometimes I'm a big pain in the rear end, but that's my personality because I want to know because I, people, people are too afraid to ask questions because they're embarrassed. So I wrote this book on grounds of what you may be embarrassed to ask, or worse, you don't know what to ask. So I start from the beginning, from what is energy? What is chakra work? What is your energy flow? Why does it become imbalanced? How can you empower yourself? How not to give away your powers to others? And most importantly, build, how to build your inner strength. That's what it is, is build your inner strength. So when someone says something to you, do something to you, your world doesn't fall apart. You know, and, yeah. and uh, here's, here's my best advice that I gave to someone one time. And I hope you don't mind I share. I have a neighbor who asked me one time, Helen, how do you manage to do what all that you do? And I said, do you really want to know the truth? And she said, yes. I said, I never asked for anybody's opinion what to do next. She looked at me and go, why? Be and I said, because I have no interest to hear why you won't do it. Mm. I don't even ask my husband because a couple of times we got into a discussion. He would say, but I never did that. I, and I would say, dear, if I had an extra 25 years like you did, because I started my business really late in life, and he started his in his 30s. I started mine in my 50s. And I said, I don't have time. And if I listen to everybody, I wouldn't do it. I'd be too afraid because I'd be afraid of making a mistake. And, and people don't understand mistakes are really learning tools. So you fall down one day. Well, get up. Yeah. Get up and start again. You know, who's judging you? Well, mostly yourself, because all the things that you've been taught in life has taught you when you look stupid, uh, when you have failed, and, and people belittle you. And I always thought, and I tell people, do you believe everything that you think? Or is that something you have made up? So yeah. just, you know, I say, think about that. 
who's stopping you really? Well, that's, it reminds me of one of the things you said when we spoke and what I, I loved about you because you have a YouTube channel as well, which we'll put the links to your YouTube channel so people can watch your videos. But you have such this direct approach, like no nonsense, just give you the truth, just hit you with it. But you also are funny. I mean, anyone listening now could see that you have a beautiful sense of humor. But you had this, um, this approach of, you said, like, you know, I want to know with people, what's your action plan? What do you want? And then get out of your way. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get out of your way. Because you're the only one who stops you. And what, what are the things that usually stop you? You're learning, you know, most, especially women. I hate to say this, women. But, but I can't do this. This is going to take money. This is going to take time. This is going to take going back to school. And then I always come back and ask, where do you fit into your own life? Do you count? Please don't put yourself at the bottom of your list. Because if you're on the bottom of the list, nobody's looking down at it. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. is a good message. I mean, that's even a really powerful question of where do you fit into your own life? I mean, yeah. yeah. And so, and so what happens if you become brassy? Well, I was going to say something else, but you might end up cutting that out. But finding the courage, challenge yourself, do something different. Um, you know, yesterday I got into a, a little spit with a little fight with the guy, a building manager at my office. And I knew it was coming because I could feel it because he, they're doing some renovations. And he says, Helen, are you complaining? Because I'm one of those people, if I notice something, listen, the toilet's over running, this and this and this. So anyways, he says to me, he was trying to bully me, energetically bully me. He says, we're fixing the bathrooms just for you, Helen. And I'm looking at him. I won't tell you what I was thinking of. <laughs> and I said, oh, he's challenging my energy. He gives him to me. I'm only 5'2". He's probably 6 feet something. And I said to him, if you're really doing the bathrooms for me, you should have done this six years ago when I asked you. So don't come with me this late and tell me. So you know what? He, couldn't, he didn't have a comeback answer. Mm -hmm. because he was trying to energetically bully me by making him feel guilty. Yeah. That is unacceptable. Sorry, bud. And I was standing on my tiptoes in my sneakers when I was saying this to him. Wait, I love that you bring that up too, because a friend of mine and I, we just did a, um, a recording yesterday about people who are empaths. And I think this, what you're saying, um, is also very important for people to know how to take responsibility for their own energy and how to manage it. Because a lot of people are bullied and intimidated energetically and just cower in, but don't know that they have the option of managing that and how to, you know, deal with that. So then again, it, it reminds me of going back to the chakras in a way. So from your point of view, what is it that we can really learn through accessing our chakra energy? What can we learn about building our confidence and um, not allowing ourselves to be manipulated by other people? Well, I truly believe once you understand who you are, I think what scares a lot of people is 
how powerful you really are. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, the things that you will no longer accept, okay? This is a spouse. It could be your family, friends. Um, just, it just, here's a great story. I have this one buddy who I love, and we see each other for the last, I would say, 30 years. And we don't see each other very much now because our children are grown, and so we're all in a different set in our lives. And we were out, and we catch up, and she said to me, you know, she's telling me, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit smoking. I said, that's good. You've been talking about quitting smoking now for 20 years. You would think I punched her in the face with that sentence. Huh. She went on and said, and I said, this, and then she thought I attacked her. I said, no, this is not an attack. I, in fact, I had no intention. I'm just reiterating what you just said. And then she says, it sounded like attack to me. And then I said to her, you know what? First of all, that wasn't my intention. And I'm not responsible for the way you heard it. So whatever I said triggers something in her that obviously that's playing in the back of her head and I brought it out to the surface. Instead of, in most cases, you know, people say, oh, I feel so bad that I said this to you. But I said nothing to you. I, I didn't feel like I had a tiptoe around my words. So the more you understand your energy, you won't count down to anybody. You won't let anyone energetically bully you. And that's what she was doing to me. So we, we decided we both agreed to disagree. And I said, that's fine. Because what you're feeling has nothing to do with me. See, that's a hard one. That's a real hard one to take in. Yeah. I think that's a, um, a big one too, because a lot of people, again, when they come into this work and they're working with other people, there's this uh, idea like you have to come down to match other people so that you feel that you, so you're making the person feel like you relate to them and that you're having compassion and all of these things, not realizing you can hold and maintain your own space and that doesn't make you not compassionate. Right. And, and there's also a responsibility that goes with this work. I mean, you could sit and listen and hold space, but you could only hold space for so long. At least that's my, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it. Mm -hmm. I only have so much tolerance. And I'm going to say it this way. What? We've been on this subject for the last four sessions. You haven't moved on yet? <laughs> listen. Listen, how is this being stuck serving you? What is feeding you by being stuck? And this is what I asked. Are you afraid people are going to see you differently? Are you afraid that you can't maintain what you achieve? Are you afraid of slipping back? I mean, I put the responsibility back on them. For example, this is a woman that I've been thinking of a lot lately. She came to me because she had alcoholic. She's an alcoholic. Let's call it what it is. And she was hoping that I would say something different to her. And I said, I'm more than willing to work on your feet, clean your liver. But if you're going to continuously resort to your bad habits, I really want you to think twice. Why are you doing this? And I know the pressure is getting to you. 
but that seems to be your go-to answers to bottle. Mm -hmm. All right. But you want good health, but you're doing everything totally different. This is, and of course she doesn't come anymore. And I still think of her because I can feel her. I know what she's doing, but I'm not, um, and I might drop her a text and say, hi, hey, hi, how are you? And that's it. Just to remind her that I'm here. Yeah. And I, I think that um, that reminds me of, too, the importance of not having to be so agreeable. Because a lot of times, too, mm -hmm. in the space of like healing, people want to be agreeable or not upset anyone or you know, think you can only say what they want to hear, but that's not supporting a no. person through their process. But also knowing that sometimes even if people go away because they're uncomfortable with what came up, it doesn't mean that something isn't still working for them in their process, wherever they are. And that's true. I, I have somebody who comes to see me once every 10 years. Once every 10 years. So the 12 years I've been in practice, I've only seen her twice. And the tip that I taught her, it took her 10 years to process. Mm -hmm. And because everyone processes at such a different um, rate, speed. Yeah. So I move very quickly, but not very few people can move on that, on my level. And I'm okay with it. But it took me 46 years to do this awakening process. I am very respectful of where everybody is because, you know, what's right for me may not be right for you. I respect that. Uh, I usually have people come for a little while and they drop, a, they drop away. They might come back and they might not. Maybe that's all they're meant to learn in this lifetime. I don't know. So the more, the way I work with people, I give them tools like the day you don't come back, you'll have a bag full of tools that you could use on your own. Right. I'm, I'm, very, I'm a great believer in that because, again, I could work on your feet, but to me that's not good enough. You need to understand the energetic information, why this is happening, and then you could resort to, oh, I'm in that cycle again versus I'm a victim. Well, you know what? You're the only one that could choose to be a victim. It's up to you to recognize it. And what are you willing to do to get out of the victim cycle? Well, one of the things, too, I mean, that goes with what something you mentioned in the book was um, the beauty of energy work and all of this work is it helps to bring the body back into a state of what it was prior to whatever the disharmony was. Mm -hmm. And so, again, like say someone isn't necessarily a Reiki practitioner, whether they are or not, just understanding our own energy, our energetic, energetic flow, the impact of energy, all of these things, the way it's laid out in the book, um, although you give a lot of information to like clarify, to give understanding, but then there's also, again, that component of the self work. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to, um, ask you about that because you even mentioned that in the conversation that we had before you called it self-process work so what does that mean and why do you think that's such an important thing for people to know about yeah well if this is see so many people i believe including me live very robotically we basically know what we're going to do every day and for certain people you might even know what you're going to do from hour to hour and there's a lot of people, I didn't realize the um, 
schedule eaters. So they know what their menu is just from week to week and say, wow, there's no deviation in your life. And it's so systematic that you lose connection with yourself because you know what to expect. You don't have to think. You don't even have to respond. So what happens a lot of time when something unexpected comes up, you're thrown for a loop. You become, oh my God, what am I going to do? I, I, I don't know what to do. I, I don't have the skill set. And what happens a lot of time, people go into panic. They're looking for somebody to help them and they can't think on their feet. And, and I said, but everyone can. It's just that you, people are, are so insecure and they're really, they lack the confidence. And so self-process work is really asking yourself. That's why I do so much homework in the book. It is to get you to ask questions. Where are you right this minute? And again, there's no wrong answers. It's basically to help you to understand who you, what's your foundation. And then from there, once you understand your foundation, you know how to grow. Because if you don't know where you are, and I said this the other day, you won't know where you're going. You could keep poking around in the dark. You could pray. Somebody will give you the answers. And um, even though I, okay, let's use God. People pray to God. God usually gives them the answers. But do you follow through? Really think about it, because I've seen a lot of people who religiously go to church, get on their knees, but then their life is, wow, it's like a contradiction to what they're hearing. And I'm like, then I, then I torture these people, then I ask them questions. <laughs> and again, the question is to get you to think, I'm not judging you. Right. That's the key thing. As I, as I said to my buddy who was a smoking, and I said to her just before, I forgot to end with that, is, you know what? I don't care if you smoke or not. I really don't. It's your choice because your smoking has nothing to do with me. So it's the same thing in your life. The decisions you make doesn't affect anyone else, really, other than yourself. It's really about being comfortable in your own skin. And are you in alignment with your own integrity of who you are? Because so many of us play a role, and we're too afraid to show people who we are because you're afraid of being lonely, you're afraid you have no friends, you, whatever the fears may be. Right. Yeah, and one of the beautiful things with this too, uh, when we spoke before and we're talking about all of this, and it's so beautiful, I have to say, I get really excited when I meet people like you that are so passionate and committed to share information, to empower mm -hmm. people, to like say like, here's, you know, everything I've learned. Now take it and do what you will with it. I mean, it's and a, spin it and spin it to fit your life. Fit you. Right. And so one of the things you said is don't use me as your addiction, learn to self heal. And I was like, <laughs> Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> So can you like speak to that a little bit of like what that even means? What does, well, see, that's another part of giving away your powers is like we listen to experts and they're given their view. Remember, I, this is the key. The operative word is their, their views. views. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of times 
people said, well, so-and-so said this, so-and-so. I said, but what do you think about those words? How do those words fit into your life? And, and you know, and I end, let me see, and I end the book, once you read, read the whole book and you absorb the, you know, all the words, I congratulate you and say, now you have the skills of an apprentice energy healer. Apprentice. You're not an expert. Apprentice. Now you need to go and practice these skills every single day. So the more you learn, make it yours. Like, for example, um, I didn't tell you, I'm also in the process of writing a cookbook and I, because I love to cook. We love to eat. I, I like to cook more than I like to eat. And I always tell people, take these recipes, change it, make it your recipes. You don't have to follow my recipe, life recipe, exactly, because you've got to fit in with you. This is all about you. You. And I'm thinking, does that sound selfish? Yes, it is. Because if you're not selfish for you, who's going to be selfish for you? Yeah. And um, there's a, I was talking to someone about their religion, and their religion is about, well, you always think about somebody else. You always help about someone else before you think of yourself. Then I asked her, when is it your turn to be thought of? Will someone think of you eventually? She says, I hope so. And I said, well, that's really sad. You just hope that by the luck of the draw, someone will think of you. How about you thinking of yourself? She says, no, I can't do that. That's just the way I was taught. Well, beliefs could be changed. You know, what are beliefs? Well, there's something that's been passed down from generation to generation. But do you actually believe what your family tells you? Or you, do you just go along because you don't want to cause trouble? Right. So those are the things I ask people all the time and they look at me. Well, it, the choice is up to you. Yeah. And I think one of the things, too, I always tell people the exact same. I'm like, you don't even necessarily don't believe what I'm telling you. All of this work and all of these tools are meant for you to apply to see what is true for you because we all interpret information differently. We all are holding energy differently. There's so many components of what you can only learn through your own process and through your own practice. But again, one of the big things I think with it, when we only um, allow ourselves to believe what, believe what others say we can even limit ourselves because what if your teachers or whomever you, you know, studied with only allow themselves to go this far and you will only allow yourself to go with what they've said. You may never know the capacity of like how far you could actually go and learn and understand and explore. So I think it's hugely important for people yeah. to take that responsibility. And I think it's true. I think that I've seen that. Whereas, um, you know, I went through three years of energy school. I love my teachers, but they taught me all that I could have learned from them. And it's not that I am disenchanted what I've learned, but I've gone past that now. Right. And people say, but your teachers are, no, teachers are teachers. They're people. That's all they are. They're not gods. 
they are here to encourage you to take the next step. Yes. And it's up to you. Even if you learn from me, I tell everybody, eventually you're going to outgrow me. Yep. I even have the nerve to say that. And then when that day comes, you have graduated. I'll give you a gold star. I don't know if you remember this, Yolanda. We used to, now nah, you're too young. We used to get gold stars whenever we do something really well, right on the forehead. <laughs> you're a gold star. I want you to bypass me, just like children. I want you to bypass me and go on. I think that's a good message too to um, give to people because a lot of people, because there are so many uh, options we have now with teachers and like where to look and all of these things. And I think that's a good way to gauge like a teacher that may be really supportive of your growth is one that doesn't try to contain you or inhibit how far you will go, but really does encourage you to go and explore and see what you learn through your own practice. Yeah, and I think that's true. And not only that, I mean, I have been so passionate about teachers, but all of a sudden, one day, they no longer resonate with me. What they're saying is like, oh, okay, that passion is gone. Mm -hmm. And that's when you know it's time for the next teacher. That's right. really it is, because you have outgrown the person. And if someone tells you they are the end all to your life, that's when you need to walk away. Right. I don't believe in that. Yeah. And you can learn from anywhere, from anyone. I even have clients that are like three, four years old, and I learn from them when they come. I just think it's a lot of fun. You know, just don't allow your ego tell get in the way and tell you, no, I have to have the best of this. I need to have this. That's all a fallacy. There's no such thing. You can learn from anything and everywhere. And the more you're open to this knowledge, that's how you grow. And, you, and then you go, okay, I could do this. I could do this. And I'm at the point now, <clears throat> is the journey still scary? Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Because I'm still doing new things. I'm being challenged, new things. I'm taking this information now globally. I'm still... How can I say this politely? Let me put it this way. I never run out of toilet paper, okay? <laughs> All right? I never run out of toilet paper because someone asked me, will she ever stop being afraid? And I said, no, and never run out of toilet paper. You just keep going. And the only difference between me and somebody else who was just beginning, the rewards are great. They really are. If you get out of your way, the rewards are absolutely tremendous. And that's why you do what you do, hon. You're sharing your knowledge and you're touching a lot of lives, even through your work, uh, in-person work, and also here you are sharing it on podcast. You're sharing. You we are building lighthouses. Yes. <laughs> yes. Lighthouses. And the more lighthouses we could build, we could touch more people. Mm -hmm. And that is what I think is so encouraging and so inspiring to me to see again, and why I'm so glad you're here because you do have a beautiful way of sharing this information and these teachings. And I, I love that so much about you and watching your videos again, because you are no fluff. Like, again, like it's that you have this very unique approach, but you blend it in with like so much like love and humor that I think it will really help people to hear and understand and 
not judge themselves and just be willing and open to go like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And let me start, let me decide on my one tiny thing that I want to make a change today. Mm -hmm. Even if you change the food you eat, let's say instead of walking in the same direction, go the other way. That's how simple this is. Even omit you have, you want to make a change. That's, that's a step already. Yeah. That's, that's how powerful these little tiny desires are. Yeah. I'm glad you say that too, because a lot of people get hard on themselves if they feel like they're not doing enough and not realizing the impact of just, like you said at the beginning, giving yourself permission or yeah. finally making the decision. Like that's huge. Well, that's one of the things I had to learn in when I was in energy medicine school. What is enough? Mm -hmm. You're the only one could determine what is enough. Nobody else cares, to be honest with you, unless it impacts them. Let's say if you have small children and they want to be fed, little things like that. You're the only one that can define what is enough. And I have that problem because, because I'm so creative and I could do so much. And this is the first time in my life I don't have anyone standing over me and say, no, Helen, you can't do that. No, Helen, we can't. And then you and I go, why not? It's so simple. And I finally realized a lot of times when people say that, they're just not energetically ready to do and make a change because they're afraid. And here I am going, okay, let's go. We'll get the tools. We'll get the people. We can make this happen by next week, preferably at the end of this week. And they go, really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's called getting out of your way. Yes. Yes. And that is like one of your big, big messages. And again, it's like something you said when we first um, spoke. And so I do want to say again, like I'm so thankful that we've made this connection, that you came to share your message with everyone. And I do recommend people check out your book, especially people who are either interested in chakras, but just wanting to understand their energy, period. Even if chakras aren't on your radar and you just want to understand you, it's a great <laughs> book. <laughs> it's simple. And the feedback that, can I put up my book to show yes, you? Yes, please. Well, the feedback I've gotten from doctors who have read it, they said, Helen, it's so simple. It's no foo-foo. No it's not new agey. It's down to earth. And you either laugh or you cry or you do both at the same time. And, but that's good. That means your energy is moving. So can you see? Yes. So this is my book, Know Your Chakras. And you could get this on Amazon. And what I'm planning to do right now, all my marketing is word of mouth. But eventually, it, once I cover all the expenses of writing this book, I want to start donating money to causes. So I was talking to my um, team member about we're going to develop some kind of lunch program for children or food program because I'm into food. Some, something about Chinese and food seems to go hand in hand. <laughs> but by just understanding who you are, and again, it's not to make a judgment. You're going to learn so much about yourself. You'll be amazed. And the changes that you'll make will be incredible. Yeah. So I, just again, so people know, you can find her book, Know Your Chakras, on Amazon, and it's by Helen Liu. And Helen, then, you, you got to put the chin in. You oh. Chin like what's on your face. 
Yeah. Okay. And then um, you have a couple of uh, websites, actually. So which one is the best? If people want to learn more about you and your work, where should they look? Uh, let's start with, I'm going to focus on the global platform. You can go to healingplaceenergyschool.com. I mean, there's so many. I have the videos I have. I keep myself so busy, busy that I'm sometimes like, wow, how do I do that? But I don't think about it at this point because I just love to create. Yeah. So the Healing Place, well, not the, just healingplaceenergyschool.com. And then from there, there's links, though. People can access your videos because, I mean, yes. I, they're so much fun. <laughs> like your YouTube oh, wow. channel is amazing. You know, one day I want to make a video and be do like a stand-up mm -hmm. and really make people laugh so this way it could really drive the energy in them. Oh, I got things I could say. I got materials up in my head. If you get me going, that's it. I'm on a roll. Yeah. Well, I would actually love to have another conversation with you because there are so many different angles of like the, oh, what yeah, you share. And even like one thing I really would love to have you come back on and talk about are um, energy healers and in their relationship to money. So oh, I'll tell people. Good one. Yeah, to stay tuned for that one because Helen has some beautiful insights and um, oh, points man. of view around that. I would love yeah. to do it. And, and if people don't realize uh, yeah, let's talk about abundance and how we go track abundance and why. Why do we sign on the lines that we're not worthy? I am so worthy that it's not even funny. Yes. Now, that is a beautiful message. I love that. And so on that note, I do want to thank you again, Helen, for coming on here today. And like we've just said, you will be back on the show. But if you have any questions or feedback or just want to share what came up for you around the show, please feel free. You can um, reach Helen through her website and I will also put links in the show description so that it will be easy for you to make connections with her. So thank you for being here. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to the next time. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have such <laughs> fun talking about that subject. Be well, honey. And you I'll too. Okay. Bye.